There's nothing more humbling and inspiring and attractive than witnessing somebody be truly and uniquely exceptional. Except, of course, for their journeys. Maybe it's luck. Maybe it's genetics. Maybe it's work ethic. Scott and I wanted to see if we could discover what makes some of the universe's most incredible humans the successes they've become. And ultimately, find out exactly how they became... Ugh, so good. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of Ugh, You're So Good. Today we have the amazing E.G. Daly, an iconic voice actress, actress, comedian, singer, best known for voicing Tommy Pickles in Nickelodeon's Rugrats and Buttercup and Cartoon Network's The Powerpuff Girls and a million other iconic roles. Today she's going to tell us all about her journey. So here we go. Oh my gosh, we're Hi. rolling. Hi. Hi. Y'all, we have the coolest guest we today ever. First of all, guest. I'm Scott. I'm Rosie. And this is, oh, uh, you're ah, so good. You're and we so have good. the coolest guest ever today. I'm actually a huge fan. Yeah. And we have E.G. Daly, voice <laughs> actress, actress, singer, extraordinaire. <laughs> yes, welcome. <laughs> Yay. We're so excited to have you. Oh, Thanks, guys. This is so cool. I, my bandmate, Mitch, I was like, so we have this guest that like, was like the voice of Tommy Pickles and Buttercup and blah. And he was like, E.G. Daly? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, minute. everyone knows E.G. Daly. I was like, wait a minute. Sorry. You guys harmonize. That just rocks my world. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, no, this is so cool. Where do we start? I know there's so much to say. I mean, you're like, what's cool about you as a guest is basically this podcast is about people who are really great at something. Like we bring people on who are exceptionally amazing at something and find out how they did it. But what's fun and challenging about you is you have so many, like you have so many fields. Like you're a singer, you're a voice actress, you're an actress. Like you're like, I was like, there's just so much we could bring go it into. on. Bring it on. <laughs> we got time. She got here early, so we can go. We're ready. We can yeah. go overtime today. <laughs> um, well, actually, the first time I ever saw you was on Friends because oh. I am the like I literally think I could win a world competition Friends <laughs> trivia. Like I Frigger. literally could like do your dialogue and yeah. you sitting on the couch like I just hoping. Yeah, like I know it. Like oh I'm such God. a fan. That's crazy. <laughs> I okay. love that. Anyway. Where should we? Okay, so after that, where should we? Okay, well, you're you're most famous for for pickles, probably Tommy pickles. Tommy pickles, yeah, or and buttercup, honestly, and maybe uh, probably buttercup. Is buttercup? Yeah, for me, I actually had a lot of really um, big top top like number one like I had a say it say it was a big dance hit, and that was the. Oh, wow. I oh, had a cool. large, uh, you know, I was always doing gay prides and I traveled all oh over gosh. doing every gay pride festival. You I did cooler tra- every second. I did, 10 minutes <laughs> in. That was my favorite thing. Like I did wow. every gay pride festival and I did like, <laughs> I, I went and sang, say it, say it all over the world. Oh, oh my God. And, so cool. Yeah. The gay community is my, know. you know. Let's Pause this you. podcast and go listen to yeah, say, say it, say it. it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was listening this morning. It's so fun. I love yeah, it. Fun but I thought, did you play on SNL? I did, yeah. You've had like a whole career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, when? What year did it like? Yeah, really start. When did popping it start? Off? How did you? St- how did you start? How did this all begin? Um, I think when I was about eight years old, my mother got me a commercial agent. I probably would have never done that. Like, my best friend was this beautiful little girl named Michelle, and she was beautiful. She looked like a little. She looked like Brooke Shields. And so she was my best friend. So her mom had her in some commercial agent. And my mom was this Tunisian French Jew refugee from like Europe who came here with, they came here with in in a trailer and they lived in one room behind a house. Did you grow up in LA? 
Um, I grew up in LA, but when they moved here from Europe, they had had my brother and my sister already in Europe. Then they moved here and lived literally in one room in the back of a guest in a guest house behind a house in one of those little beach houses in Venice. They had one room. Wow. So like I didn't come from like um, I, what were, I want to stand what we were talking about before. What was the thing we were? Because oh, I, yeah. I, I was, was asking like, like what, what started? Yeah, yeah. So I'm what happened? So, so what happened was I didn't have any. Uh, yeah, I didn't have any like. Um, connections and I so I did have this friend that I grew up with and went to elementary school with and she was my best friend and her mom got her agents and my mom was like I think my mom was just had this fantasy for herself to be this like French Tunisian North African Jew lady who moved (laughs) over here from Europe and then becomes something really special my mom is like such a superstar in her own way like she's so ask Asia I mean she's magnificent she's an incredible woman she's built at 80 years old, she built a strip mall. Like she was the contractor wow. on this, walking around with a pink hard hat. And she's incredible. So I think there was a passion to her to mm-hmm. make something like shine huge. And she saw that in me. And so if it wasn't for her, I don't know if I would have done it. I yeah. probably would have been a veterinarian or like yeah. something having to do with animals. Or, But I was good at dancing and I was good at singing. And I started playing guitar and, you know, singing really young. But she had me going on these commercial auditions, mm-hmm. which I didn't book one, not for years, really? eight, Same. nine years, 10 years. Did like now, did you? Yeah. And I, I didn't book one. Not I booked one. an extra. God, all I wanted was a stage months. mom and y'all had stage moms. <laughs> I had, <laughs> had stage moms. <laughs> she didn't, she let me miss one. Like she would literally pull me out of school to go to an audition. Yeah. yeah. Never booked any. And I was like, well, I guess this is how it works. You just never book them. She just never That's part anything. of the thing. That's what I thought too. Yeah. But it's not, you're supposed to <laughs> thrive. You're supposed to thrive. Yeah. So hello. What was the first like Hello? huge thing you booked like yeah so the first thing I booked was um while I was in high school I booked um a Laverne and Shirley episode oh, cool. wow. <laughs> and I played the leader of the Angora Debs with Laverne and Shirley so oh that God. was like really cool and I worked really hard on that audition and I was like a little punky like girl and the next mm-hmm. thing I booked was like a chips and a fame and I was like they had a series for a fame and mm-hmm. I was this recurring character named Smokey who That's sang so cool so it was you really got that cool. smoky voice. Yeah. Did you always have that? No, that- it you if you heard me in that, I didn't have it smoky. Oh, really? It but it did get smoky with the years of singing and using yeah. my voice. But yeah. I can also make it I can push past that and make it like Sweet. I have so many technical questions for you. And yeah. like, I don't want to, I'm we're jumping all over the place because yeah, you're, that's you're okay. so it's interesting. Just flow with it. But like that, what you just said, like you can li- literally do different voices for different yeah, people. I do. As a singer, that's amazing to me because, of course, like I have certain control over tone or like, you know, yeah. Yeah. breath or whatever. Like, sure. but like, can you talk about how you do that? Like literally go from one voice to another? Like what is that process? I think it starts with my ability to hear, like I'm a singer, so I'm Uh like you. So I kind of hear tone and I hear voices like a song. Yeah. So I don't hear, I don't see things like normal people. You just hear a voice. I literally look at voices from a totally different perspective of like, Mm. I look at people's teeth and their tongues and their lips and their Mm. mouths and their jaws and their faces. And I literally, I look at things like a, in a weird way. And then I'm able to say like the way that girl's teeth hit her, the way her teeth are shaped or they hit her lips. She sort of talks like here up in her mouth, right in the front of her teeth. And then then, like a kid with braces would be, okay, he's a little husky. He's a little chunky. So, and if he has braces, so then he sort of has this husk and then he's sort of like this chunky kid who really likes his brother, but he doesn't care if his brother likes him. So it's like, you know, so you you get more of yourself. And so to me, it's just a weird absorbing things differently than most mm-hmm. people do. And I think it's the ability to imitate a sound like a singer. Yeah. 
You yeah. know, like you can do a riff. Like you can go, yeah. you know, you can go, ah, or whatever. Right. You go, ah. So if I hear something, I'm just like, oh, that's, ah. that's not like, ah. right. Ah. You know, it's like, right. I can just go, oh, that's what that thing is and just kind of mimic it. So that's right. like a Brand big works. part of why voiceover worked for me is like, because I could mimic, totally. you know, imitate. Wow. Is your singing voice, do you feel like it's a character you created or do you feel like your singing mm. voice is like authentically um, how you just sing? I think my singing voice is a combination of me absorbing so many people. When yes, I'm honestly saying. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was really fascinated with Rod Stewart and Tina Turner mm-hmm. and some of the more raspy tone voices because I did have an ability to, my voice has a raspy tone, mm-hmm. but the weird thing about my voice, because when I was on The Voice, they commented on the fact that I could do, my voice had this raspy thing about it, but it also had this ability to go up and do really pretty things. Right. And mm-hmm. so, you know... I think I just really absorbed what I love the most about voices. And mm. then my voice took all of those and calculated into what became my, yeah, my sound. Yourself. Awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Wow. Were you like, did you discover this at a young age? Like, were you a little kid like doing voices? Yeah. As a matter of fact, as yeah. a matter of fact, when I was really young, walking around the playground with Michelle, I've told this story a million times, we would hold pinkies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They thought we were lesbian then. <laughs> it's like me and Teddy. <laughs> you and Teddy. Not <laughs> at that friend. point. Not yet. <laughs> anyway, no. anyway uh, uh, so we'd walk around the playground and hold pinkies and I would literally like, we would do these little baby voices and we would be like, Oh, Michelle, that boy is stupid. Let's take his water away from him. You know, we would just <laughs> oh like, we would Whoa. literally just like Whoa. walk around and do funny voices and like, oh, let's go kick Farshid's ass. You know, like we would just, <laughs> we would just like do. Okay. What grade was this? I'm having a weird flashback that, that I haven't was thought like, about in years. And I know you? this is about you, but like in third grade, my like, two friends and I, no, my two friends. <laughs> Where's <laughs> well, this going? Yes. No, my two friends and I, we did like. Baby voices sometimes. Really? I swear. Well, what is this and connection? Well, it has something to do with the voice, and it has something to do with your ability to use the voice. So later, you know, that voice that I would do little, like a lot of, like a little kid voice, like, yeah. ah, you know, I would do these little voices, uh-huh. and all of a sudden I go to this voice audition. Well, I'll cut back to like I chose to do a play, like they had this play on Broadway called Tansy, yeah, and it was uh, starred with starred on Broadway with uh, Deborah Harry. And so it folded after three days. Mm. It was like this big production company and they had this huge set and it folded. And then I get a call from this guy, Bruce something. And he's like, hey, are you interested in doing a musical? We need somebody little, athletic, petite who can sing. Yeah, um, It's the lead of this play. And it just folded on Broadway and we're shipping the sets to LA. And I was like, do I get to sing? You know, because all I cared about at that moment was mm-hmm. that I didn't have to pay to put a band together because I was like young. I was right. like, I lived in my own apartment. I was paying my bills. So it was like putting a band together was a bitch because you had the musicians wanted to get paid and I didn't have the money to do that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, do I get to sing? And he's like, yeah, it's a musical. I'm like, "Uh, do I have to put the band together? And he's like, no, no, we do it all. It's a pro play. And I was like, I'll do it. And then he tells me, you have to train to be a female wrestler. And I was like, cool, I'll do it. No problem. (laughs) I didn't think anything about it until I got to the wrestling ring months before the show. And there was like the first woman champion wrestler of the world. She was like 80, sitting in a chair. And there was the state champion wrestler at the time, this girl named Sonia. And she was this little feisty Latin, amazing woman. And they got in, the young girl got in the ring and started teaching me how to do this. Like, and it wasn't easy because you have to do these belly flops and head mares and jump from the oh third row down and you have to flip and roll and take a man 
bigger than your size mm -hmm. and flip them over, but learn how to what? flip them over. And I was just like, is for physically possible. Yeah, it is. And a lot of it is, a lot of it is a technically staged sort of thing. Right. right? right All that right. wrestling is, but right. you have to know what you're doing. So after like three weeks of that and my neck being so crimped and my back being so, I was so hurting, like muscularly yeah. hurting because it was so strenuous that I was oh, crying like, I don't think I could do this. This is too much for me. Like, what did I get myself into? I just wanted to be singing, you know? Yeah. The whole thing was so crazy. And then, you know, I pushed past that. Yeah. And yeah, it was one of the greatest the thing. things I could have ever done mm. because there was that moment I wanted to quit. Yeah. And I right. pushed past it. And then the play ended up being really popular at this theater. Mm -hmm. And it was an equity waiver theater. And, you know, so there was no pay. And then it became so well-known. It got all these great reviews. So not only did I win, like, best musical performer, best actress, best this, best that. Wow. Then some guy came to my play from my acting class that, like, was so fucking hot. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, yes, you can say fucking hot. He was so hot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that guy came to my play, that fucking hot guy from my class came to my play. And I was in this acting class with, like, Michelle Pfeiffer, Nick oh Cage, Sean Penn, wow. Crispin oh Glover. It was like gosh. a kick-ass acting, Meg Ryan, yeah. Meg Tilly. It was like a crazy group oh of us God. in this one acting class, Peggy Furious. But this one actor guy was there, and he was so handsome. Hmm. I was like, oh, my God, he's just so handsome. And he showed up at the play, and... And then the play ended up, um, he ended up coming to the play and um, I fell in love with him and he, you know, wooed me and I ended up dating him. Who and is that, he? That later was John Eric Hexum, the uh, beautiful actor who oh shot himself in the head. God. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, it was a crazy story, but it was a magical, wow. it was a very magical thing. How but long were you guys together? I was with them a year, year and a half before he died. It oh, was up until he passed I'm away. I'm so sorry. It was crazy, but I was young and it was a little yeah. crazy and everyone. But the point is, is like everything happened. Like I fell in love from that play mm, and then yes. the play moved to the theater and it became an equity theater and I started getting paid and then it started to be such a like popular thing and then all these record labels came. Yeah. And wow. then it was like opening night at the theater, the main theater after we'd done test audiences there at the Roxy. It was standing room only. It was like massive press and everybody was like, oh my God, this... You know, and I got a massive record deal that night, opening night. And I got oh another guy handed me his card and was like, "You know, here, you should call me. I'm a I'm a voice uh, a voice agent, and you're really good with your voices." Because yeah. I had to, and the play was about a wrestler, so I had to be a different age each round. So I started Whoa, as a baby. Oh, I was oh like God. a baby, like. <laughs> You know, oh baby. my God, yeah. that and one I, blew me away. Then, uh, <laughs> you're a panatonic, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and so then. Uh, you know, it was just like, it, it was just like, you know, the guy was like, you do these kid voices, like you're yeah. really good. And then he said, let me, I want to rep you. And I was like, huh? You know, I didn't think anything of it because I was like, I'm not a cartoon or I never thought about that. But I was like, okay, well, I'll meet with you. And I met with him and he goes, go on this audition. And I was like, I think I went on one audition for a, a radio commercial. You know, those like, those radio, uh, you know. Corey Hart, the new album on EMI, one of those. Or, wow. yeah. So I, I just remember like imitating it. I was like, well, they kind of do it like, the, or like the news. Tonight on Fox, will he get the game? We'll see tomorrow night coming up on Fox. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like, they had these yeah, weird rhythms. Again, it was very melodic to me, so I right. just mimicked. And I booked that commercial, and then the next thing he said, I want you to go on a cartoon audition. I was like, cartoon? So he sent me on this one audition. I, I almost didn't go because they were remodeling my they were doing carpet in my apartment. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I can't go on this one because I don't want to leave all these workers here. And he's like, just go. It's a good thing. And I was like, no, I can't go on this one, but I'll get you on the next one. He's yeah. like, no, no, just go on it. So I finally was like, okay, guys, I'll be right back. 
I'm just going to the corner. I'll be right back. But really, yeah, I knew I was so going to be gone an hour. Yeah. And I went there, and I was the first person in, and I read, and I'd never been on a cartoon audition before. Oh, my God. And what they, is a cartoon audition like? And they showed me a little acclamation of the character uh-huh. and a yeah. picture of the character. Okay. Wow. And then they were like, we're looking for the voice of this character. And um, and I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden, it all came back to me. I was like, Wow. He's got floppy lips. It sounds like that little kid I used to do when I was little, like a lot of that kind of voice. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I didn't think twice about it. I literally looked at the claymation. I was like, a baby's got to do what a baby got to do. Hold on, you're a in. Okay, Farshee, get away from that waterfront and kick your ass, you know. Like all that just came. That made me like a little bit emotional. I'm not kidding because I've seen every episode. And that was like really, really intense for me. Oh my God. Yeah, it was really magical. And then I left because I was in a hurry to get out Were they like, did they give you a sign that they well, want Well, I'd never been on one, so right. I didn't know. But what happened was I was in the booth, and then there was one producer and, a, and the engineer, and then they said, just hold on a minute, and then they brought another person in. They said, hold on a minute. They kept bringing people in. I thought that was normal. Right. I just thought oh. that's what they do. And then I was like, I got to go because I have people working in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so then I ran out of there, and then there were a lot of other people reading, and then later that day my agent was like, oh, they really liked you that, you know. And here's the trivia behind that. Mm-hmm. There was another girl who did all the first season of Rugrats. Oh. And so what happened was, I guess the creators and all didn't, like weren't, it. I guess they just, it wasn't the right voice yeah. that they Does wanted. Yeah, that happen a lot? It happens sometimes. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah. And so they were like, um, we wanted, they wanted to replace the voice. So I had to come in, which is here's where my ear really worked for me. And I had to redub all those episodes. Wow. So now they had already animated them to her voice. Oh my God. So, wow. but it was so oh, wow. great because she would say, a baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. Like whatever her voice yeah. was. And I'd go, a baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. You know, wow. I would just do it as Tommy. Wow. So I just mimicked her tone the whole way through. And then I just put my voice on it. But you put that little extra thing. I did my Tommy yeah. thing, yeah. And so it was really cool. And that's how Tommy came Wow, that is that. so crazy. That's the coolest story ever. <laughs> so the moral, the moral Everything of the story you just is. said in the last 20 minutes is like, just proves that you're maybe the most interesting person. Yeah. In <laughs> Wow. So the moral of the story is like, if you love something, make it happen because magic happens from that. Oh, that's oh, that I got chills. That is so true. But that's that true. Like, I wanted to sing, and so I said yes to a play yep. that I didn't give a shit about the play. I gave. Right. I really cared that I was going to be singing, and that's where my passion led. And then they said they would make it happen, and then I pushed myself past the pain and ache for that moment when I knew the wrestling yes. thing was cool, but I was still scared. Right. Like I was afraid, I was hurting myself, but I knew that it was going to be okay. Right. And I pushed past that. And all that had a huge result at the end of it. I, I, so out like of your one comfort of the, zone. One yes. of the things that I out say, say yeah. to people, like when they're first starting out and they ask me for some kind of advice, I'm always like, say yes. To everything. Say yes. Do gigs, uh, things that feel authentic yeah, to you. Exactly. Like you yeah, exactly. And when you get yeah. a little bit more established, like then maybe you kind of hone in on your identity. You say yes. Yeah, I tell my kids that all the time. Say yes. Like my daughter was like, oh, but the man are saying maybe it's not going to be that great of a thing. I'm like, you do it. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't have anything else. Yeah. You do that like thing. I did, you know? when I, my first jobs, I was a background singer for Sergio Mendez and Don Henley and to be totally honest I had never heard of Sergio Mendez when I was I was like I was like 19 and he's from Brazil 66 Don Henley and Sergio Mendez huge yeah huge and and I didn't and I was just like I get like my professor was like do you want to audition for this and I was like I don't speak Portuguese he's like that's fine and then I ended up being my first tour traveling Europe and like it's like that was and then you never know you 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 just gotta say yes to stuff you do you say yes and also I read that book was it Shonda Rhimes might have read that book say yes something about yes she said yes again and that lady is unbelievable. Yeah, her She's game amazing. was 
you guys haven't read it, read it. It's Shonda Rhimes, I think, and it's about saying yes. Mm -hmm. And I think her sister recommended she say yes to everything, start saying yes, because she was kind of grumpy and not really progressing. And sometimes like, you know, yes to change, yes to moving out of your comfort zone. It's like, it it really does change your life in dramatic ways. Mm -hmm. Like things start happening, like dramatic. If you stop making excuses. Yeah, it really, that's the and it's scary because like I just made a big change, a career thing where I, you know, I left some rep that I've had my whole career. Mm. Oh, wow. And it was really scary because they've been my family. Yeah. They've been my comfort zone. And part of me was like, I don't want to leave them. I've been with them for so many years. They were the ones that started my career. Right. They made it happen for me. There was yeah. all this loyalty there, which mm-hmm. I'm all about loyalty, but I wasn't thriving anymore. Yeah. It was yeah. very stagnant. Sometimes I didn't, things run their course. Yeah, I didn't feel happy there. I didn't go into that office feeling really happy. I felt mm. kind of like there's some there was some negative energy that I'm not mm. all about. I'm about good energy. And right. I just didn't, I didn't feel comfortable. And, and I just felt like it was not good for my self-esteem. I was like, yeah. I want to walk in and have people and greet everything. me like you guys did when I walked yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it should be. Like it should not be where you're around anyone, boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, they were, were there treating like you could, they could care less. Ugh. There so should true. be magic there. Like you said so about your boyfriend, your, yeah. your yeah. boy fiance. When you said like, that's because I'm in love. And it's like, how long has that been? I asked because... You said it's been two years. Now that didn't. That's the way it should be. It was like it's been two years. Feels, it wasn't yeah, like oh, he's pain in my ass. I just can't wait to get his ass out. Of here. It was. Right. It was like beautiful. And uh-huh. so yeah, you have to constantly either reinvent things or push yourself to grow 100%. more or push yourself to know each other more, but never to settle. Like, so yes. true. And yeah. it's cool that you could break through in that way because yeah. like. I find that like sometimes when I'm around negative energy, my self-esteem goes down without me noticing. That's the darkest part. Very I don't dangerous. even realize yeah, that really I'm dangerous. sad. It's, it's dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. And then you have this revelation one day where you're like, who am I anymore? And like that, really creating those new normals for yourself is like scary. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, it's all that. And then it goes back to all that historical stuff of like, low self-esteem from when you were a kid or when you felt bullied. Oh, and then yeah. you bring that into the moment today and all of a sudden you're like acting like you're you're worth nothing. And you're like, wait, I'm, why am I feeling that way about myself? Like yeah. this is very old historic stuff that's happening right, right now that I'm having these feelings. That's and then nice. you have to like, okay, wait a minute, let me get in present here. This is who I am. This is what I've done. This is the kind of person I am. I like myself. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that person who is yeah. treating me 100%. that way. hundred percent. Yes. Later. Ah, you are the best aunt. Oh my God, Asia. <laughs> I wish so you were my lucky. aunt. <laughs> All right, you guys, that's the end of Ugh, You're So Good, part one with E.G. Daily. We'll be back next time with part two.